Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, welcome to 2024. Woo! Happy New Year, guys. Tony here from Pod Tiki. Um, but again, you already knew that because you clicked on this, so you must know what show you're listening to. So, <clears throat> anyway, I am back. Pod Tiki is back. We are back. The show is back. You guys are back. This is, we had a wonderful Christmas break here at Pod Tiki. Um, fill you guys in. I went down to Florida to see my folks. Um, Orlando, where I grew up, um, had a great Christmas, uh, great Christmas week all the way through New Year's. Oh, the, there was a little bit of drama at the end, but we got through it. Um, ironically, though, like not family drama. My family does not really have family drama, um, for better or for worse. You know, old school Italian family don't talk about it. We kind of sweep things under the rug, so we don't really have a lot of drama. We just kind of get through it and forget about it. But uh, th- that's got its ups and its downs. But um, no, my wife actually had to fly back to take care of a high-dollar client on the Saturday before New Year's Eve, and we were supposed to, she was supposed to fly to to Nashville, take care of her client, fly back Saturday night, and we were going to drive home Sunday, spend New Year's Eve here in Nashville. Um, but while she was taking care of her client, the battery died on the car that was here, our car, and she missed her flight. So that ended up being a whole bunch of drama, um, but it worked out in the end. She, um, it actually ended up only being a corrosive battery because of the cold weather we were having here in Nashville, and the batteries here are not really made for that. So she was able to book her flight, um, change her flight to the next morning, and um, fly out. And But while we were there, we decided, well, through all this drama, let's just stay for New Year's and... Um, Man, if you've never spent New Year's in Orlando, Florida, it is like a... uh, I hope that you didn't serve in the military because you would be having flashbacks. It was... um, It sounded like there was incoming all night. It sounded like a war zone. The fireworks in Florida, people go crazy. You know, you sometimes forget when it's warm all year round, people just want to be outside. And um, it really was a a big party uh, in all the neighborhood and surrounding neighborhoods. Um... So, man, it was it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Christmas was good. Um, had some friends of the family bring me some good rum back from the Caribbean, some Appleton Estate that you can't get here. Um, different bottles, different. It might it might be the same stuff, but it's different varieties or different different um, ages or maybe just bottled different there. But there was some um, like XOs and stuff that I couldn't that you can't get here that I was able to snag. Um, some Barcelos from Dominican. And, uh, yeah, just a really all-around good time. Smoked myself a nice Atabay. Uh, went to Corona Cigar downtown Orlando. Um, made it out to the Suffering Bastard Tiki Bar up in Sanford. I love that place. Can't say enough good stuff about that place. Um, I made a little post about it on my Instagram. So if you want to uh, go check that out when I wrote about that and see some pics of the drinks I had. I love the Mai Tai there. I will say this because I know that tastes are subjective. But the way they make their Mai Tai is old school Trader Vic style, but with the beach bum berry rums, like the half agricole, half dark Jamaican. And it really is the most like I make them at home. Although now I make my um, Mai Tais with Merchant's Reserve um, from Denizen. Uh, my my second favorite equal to is that beach bum berry recipe, 
the way that we thought the Mai Tai was before we discovered all this stuff. If you want to know all about the Mai Tai rums and, uh, you know, how they've um, progressed and how we've found out more information about what the original recipe might have been, go back and listen to my Mai Tai episode from this year, which we're going to touch on because this is the 2023 year in review recap show. We're going to just go through the episodes and I'll talk a little bit about them and like maybe see, um, you know, if there's any new information or if I've had changes, you know, when I, I say this every year, but just to recap, when I do these episodes, I do a lot of research in a short amount of time. I try to make the drink as many ways as I possibly can, all the popular ways so that I can give the best recipe that's the closest to the original way that the inventor wanted it to be. Now, sometimes palettes change over time and drinks evolve. And in the tiki world, especially in the cocktail world in general, even the people who invented the drinks, like like um, Don the Beachcomber and Trader Vic, they even adjusted their recipes over time. Um, like a great painting or a, a, a song, it's never really finished, right? It's always what that piece of art calls for in that time. You ever go to a live show and you hear the artist play a song that you know from the album backwards and forwards but they sing it a little bit different because it evolves and it gets tired the palettes change and things get worn out they go they come back it's a it's a process that as a pure as, as a purist at heart I sometimes find myself in conflict with but I have to as I've gone on this journey through Tiki I'm realizing that it has you have to allow some leniency some some margin of uh of poetic license or uh, spiritual license, and I mean spiritual in the spirits sense. <laughs> you need to have, uh, uh, allow some spirit license and, and to, to change things around and go. So my first tiki drink of the year, actually, let me, re- I actually had some really great tiki drinks um, when I was down in Florida. I had a bunch of good rums at my parents' house. Um, I went to Suffering Bastard, like I said, the drinks are exquisite there. I had a Mai Tai and a Port Light. Um, the, every time I go there, I always start with a Mai Tai, and then I do something different. Um, I usually only stick to about two or three drinks while I'm there because I end up having to drive the 30 minutes home. So I can have two drinks there, have a meal, and then you know bop around Sanford for a while, and then I'm good to drive home. But um, uh, the I also went to, my wife and I, a place that we go to um, a new place we found, even though I grew up there, you know, it's funny, I've been gone for 13 years, so a lot of the stuff there is different now, but when we go back, we'd like to find places, and it, last year we found a place called Bellhop, you might know it if you're a fan of Florida Rum Society, because I believe Jay works with them down there, well, the, um, the GM, Mark, uh, he's on Instagram as Return of the Dak, um, D-A-Q, um, follow him, follow them, they're great, uh, Wow, what, a, what an experience. He's always a good cat whenever we go down there and see him. My wife and I go every year now. Um, he always, I always like to order stuff from the menu, but then he also is always pouring stuff for us to try. Had some really good aged Clarin down there, which I um, never had before. Some really high dollar tequila, which my wife was a big fan of. And then, of course, um, the drinks that he just, my wife is a big fan of a plain daiquiri. And they make it with the probitas down there, and then he made her one with Ray and nephew too. Afterwards, to kick it up a notch, um, so that was great. If I'm a little bit nasally, I'm sorry. I caught a little bit of a cold after the holiday break. Uh, apparently, everybody in Florida is sick, so 
I went there and I came back with a little bit of a cold. Getting over it now, but my na- my passages are still kind of clogged up, so sorry about that. But I digress. Um, yeah, so I did have a bunch of tiki drinks while I was down there, but seeing as how I caught a little bit of a cold and then we had New Year's Eve and I pushed my way through it, and then for New Year's Eve, we had a nice bottle of champagne, some beers, some rum. Um, I made some French 75s out of the uh, champagne. It's kind of funny watching New Year's Eve in Florida and skipping back and forth through the the things on TV. I'm always a big fan of the Ryan Seacrest. I'm a big fan of the CNN one where, um, was it, what's his name? Gets a, I, I forget that dude's name, but they're always drinking and stuff. And then, of course, there's the Nashville one, which is funny because I live in Nashville, but I get to watch the Nashville TV show. Um, on New Year's Eve when I'm in Florida, and that's always funny. Oh, there's my phone going off because um, I'm a super professional. Um, but, yeah, so my wife and I, we always like to try to pick out where the places are and see if we know where they're at when they're, sh- they're at the venues. It's pretty fun. But um, lo and behold, though, by the time we got back, um, I, tr- I kind of took it easy last week and kind of rest and recuperated, and now I'm having my first tiki drink of the year, and it happens to be what better way to start the year off than with the OG Tiki drink? I'm having a zombie. I'm having a zombie with the Beach Bum Berry Hamilton Zombie Blend. Um, didn't really plan this out. It just happens to be the only Tiki drink that I have all the stuff to make in my in my apartment. So, um, But it's delicious, and I'm going to take a sip right now, actually. Hold on. Mmm. And I'm drinking it out of my suffering bastard zombie glass, just to uh, throw an ode back to, um, to uh, the Christmas holiday. Almost bought a mug while I was down there from Suffering Bastard. Um, they wanted a hundo for each mug, and I know that's not a big deal, but I couldn't pull the trigger on it with how kind of broke I was from Christmas. And then, and what really set me off though was that the the branding was on the back of the mug. So if I was to show the mug off in my case, it would not, you wouldn't be able to tell it was a, where it was from. So a little heads up to you Tiki Mug manufacturers out there. Put an ode to the branding on the front of the mug or the side or where it's visible when it's being displayed. Uh, but I will get, I will grab a mug next time I'm in town if they're available. But I do have the glasses, and uh, so you guys will see me post those online and stuff a bunch. So anyway, <clears throat> I didn't plan this. I didn't look through it. I didn't do any research ahead of time. All I'm going to do is what I do every year. I'm going to just look through what we've done this past year, um, the, the drinks that we've covered, the shows that we've done, and kind of go over and see if there's any new information. Or, um, Oh, like I was starting to say, I, I do the best I can, but the research is quick, and there's a quick turnaround on it. And sometimes... Some stuff doesn't make it into this podcast, which I try to cover on Inside the Mug on YouTube. But sometimes I continue, I like the drink a lot, or I'm confused by liking it or not liking it, and I drink it more throughout the year, and then I have a different opinion on it later. Or maybe new information comes out that I didn't have back then. Or perhaps there's, um, no, I just realized I was talking very fast. I'm sorry. I'm not, why am I rushing? I don't know. I don't know why I'm rushing. Probably because I have a half a zombie in me. Um, so. We're going to go back here. We'll go through the archive here. Let me see. The uh, Patiki archive. We'll go through. I'm literally just going through the website so you guys can uh, tag along with me. Follow along at home if you want to. <clears throat> okay, where were we at? We started the year. What a big year for me. I moved um, back to uh, 
it closer to the city into Nashville. I really do miss my old place sometimes because it was very tucked away in the woods and it was like it was like living three years on a resort. It was lots of nature. I could sit at my back porch and have tiki drinks and drink rum and smoke cigars. My wife and I would take a bottle of wine out there on the weekends and and uh, watch movies on the laptop and sit in the back porch. And there was a big weeping willow back there and a big oak tree. And it was really beautiful. The spring and the fall were amazing with the colors. It was a really great neighborhood. But we wanted to get back into the city. So we um, we moved back closer to downtown and uh, where things were more walkable, stuff like that. So it was a big year for me, um, ups and downs. We had some medical stuff, nothing major, but we came out okay. Um, lots of we had some goals that my wife and I set for our personal life, and um, it didn't really come through. But um, from no fault of our own, but you know, it's in a, you know, it's in God's hands. So we are recovering from that and going into the new year with a fresh attitude and new goals and. There's also lots of things that we did set goals for last year that I did accomplish. I wanted to um, get the EP out, Summer Sessions, Summer Sessions, Volume 1. That was four tracks that I wrote myself over the course of uh, the time I spent here in Nashville. Uh, after I had went through a little bit of a crisis of like creativity crisis, and I realized I, would, I just wanted to write some songs for myself. And there was a lot more songs that didn't make the cut. I picked the best four, the ones that meant the most to me. And I recorded them with a lot of help from my wife. She executive produced that EP. She was amazing. She pushes me to heights that I didn't know I can do. And she also picks up the slack on the things that I try to do and can't do. So she really helped me with that. Big shout out to um, the guys from Low K. That's um, Alex Kernaw and Peter Racine and... Kyle Barbosa, those were the guys that played on the tracks. Big shout out to um, Nashville Music Group and Denny Knight, who recorded the tracks in his awesome studio. He's a good buddy of mine. And then Skyler, who was, um, uh, oh my God, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart. Oh my God, I'm sorry, Skyler, I forgot your last name. Um, but uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to make an addendum to this on the, on the, the facts page for this blog. So they all came together. And we got the tracks out, and I sang on them, and the guys played on them, and I'm really proud of it. If you haven't listened to it yet, please go back to thepodtiki.com and click on the uh, Summer Sessions Volume 1 tab and listen. Um, they're going to be going up on streaming at some point this year. Spotify, probably, is where I do most of my stuff. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I'll let you guys know. Let's go through the list of what happened on the podcast last year. So we started the year off in January with... Hot Buttered Rum. This was something I'd wanted to tackle for a while, and there's so many different recipes of it, so many different ways of making it, and I tick, I picked the tiki recipe, the one that Don Beach used, and I made that one. And it, after a couple of tries, it actually did turn out okay. Okay, um, I found that I needed to sweeten it up and butter it up a lot more. The recipe that Beach Bum Berry gives, um, it goes a little bit light on the butter mixture, I had to add a little bit more, um, but again, his his I, I do remember this. His um, uh, recipe guide, his amount was just a heaping teaspoon or a, a, a one heaping tablespoon of butter mix, 
Well, I don't know. That's not a, an exact measurement. I don't know what heaping tablespoon means. So, But I did find out that you have to add a lot more to get that real buttered rum flavor to it. But I really enjoyed that. Um, what's funny was I was doing dry January last year, and that was the one weekend that I, I allowed myself to drink when I did those tastings. And uh, I got to tell you, after not drinking for a few weeks and then having a hot buttered rum, I, uh, I was really feeling pretty good that weekend, especially how cold it was here in Nashville. So <clears throat> then in then we did the Moscow Mule. I still love a Moscow Mule. I love it. And I love the story behind that one, too. It was so cool with, like, the out in California, the three people that come together. There's a Russian tie, some immigrants. There's, you know, there's lots of different stories that are hearsay, but then they converge with enough facts to, like, put something together. That was a really good episode. And what a great, refreshing, like, winter drink. Like, it really is, like, a spicy cold like those drinks where it's cold outside but and you drink it and the drink makes you feel cold but then it also warms you so it's a it's a weird dichotomy there um from there we went into the Sazerac wow what a big episode you know we get those episodes once in a while when we talk about classic cocktails like old fashioned things like that and i really wanted i really want to at some point dive into the martini but that's going to be another big episode but the Sazerac, you know, known as the first cocktail, um, I, I really learned a lot in that episode as well. Like the fact that the idea of a cocktail is actually an American invention. Invention. So there's a lot. <coughs> Ooh, need to get another sip. Mm. Yeah, there was a lot in that episode. That story is awesome. I did a lot of dive into history. I spent a lot of time on that one. I'm really proud of that one. If you haven't heard that one, go back and check that one out. Then we went to Dr. Funk. We're going into the spring now. Um, I think I probably went from Sazerac to Dr. Funk just because I had some absinthe on me. Um, but I talk a lot this year about absinthe and Pernod and how I like it, don't like it, my differences between the two, um, how I think that the basics, basically when it breaks it down, I love absinthe. I'm a big fan of absinthe. I love it. I also love Pernod. I, I think the knockoffs are not that far away. Maybe I haven't had like a really good absinthe, but I don't, I feel like, like the Herb Saint is all right. But when it comes to between real absinthe and then Pernod, I really feel like the difference is so negligible that you can, it's not even worth, like the parts that I like about it are still there in both. So I don't see the difference, but it's amazing. The Dr. Funk is cool. It's simple. Um, I love it. <clears throat> and it's an original tiki drink, going back to the OG tiki stuff. Um, then we went to, of course, in May, which is my birthday month, and I want to go back to my favorite drink. We did the Mai Tai. Now, we already did the Mai Tai twice before. We did it as the very first episode, and then we did a recap episode, I think like a year or two later. Now, in this one, we actually went into the new information I was talking about earlier about how we found out that um, the Martinique rum that Trader Vic used was probably well, was not the agricole that we think of from Martinique now. Back then, Martinique actually sold, um, you know, mass-produced an actual molasses rum, an old world or, or rum class classical or classical, whatever they call it. Um, and that was probably what Trader Vic used, and that's why I like the Merchant's Reserve from Denizen as my go-to Mai Tai rum now, because that uses a Jamaican rum and a Martinique molasses rum blended to the closest thing that 
that Trader Vic probably would have used. Unless you want to spend $1,000 and get a bottle of the 17-year-old Ray and Nephew, which we don't, I, I'm sure is delicious, but who knows if it's even what he would have used. Who knows how close it is to what he would have normally used back then? I don't know. I've never had a chance to taste it. I would love to if someone has some and wants to invite me to have some. I'll be uh, happy to enjoy it with you. But I'm not dropping that kind of money. I don't think it's a thousand. I think it came out at like, like, what was it like three or five hundred a bottle? And but like you know, in the aftermarket, everything goes up. But but that was a really good episode. Um, it was actually a. The, I opened that episode with the original opening of the first episode, which is a nice place for new people to jump in to the podcast if you haven't already and you want to um, turn somebody on to the podcast. Um, <clears throat> send them to that Mai Tai episode, the, the, the 2023 Mai Tai episode from May. And that will um, that's a good jumping off point to like recap everything we've kind of talked about. Uh, let me see. We went from there. Oh, we after that, we did uh, the first installment of something I'm going to keep on doing every year, Pod Tiki Boat Drinks. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a big fan of Florida and the Caribbean and cruising and Jimmy Buffett and all that. And I liked my style that I call Tropiki is a blend of Florida, Caribbean, tropical, and the West Coast um, you know, Hawaiian, faux exotica, tiki movement. And I like to blend those two things together. So boat drinks and tropical drinks are a big part of my upbringing and my, um, the culture of my, uh, my, my, the essence of Patiki, the essence of Tony. So in this one, we did the classic strawberry daiquiri and banana daiquiri. And those were, I tell you what, there's nothing like making a frozen daiquiri that is made with real fruit. That banana daiquiri, holy crap. I can drink those every day. Um, those are amazing. And the strawberry daiquiri, same thing, pretty amazing. Um, <clears throat> is strawberry the flavor that has the biggest difference? Strawberry and banana both have the biggest difference between fresh fruit and artificial flavor. Like the artificial flavor of strawberry and banana doesn't taste anything like actual strawberries or bananas. It's amazing. But we know them as the flavors that, you know, the fake flavors that go with that, you know? It's uh, pretty funny how we've just kind of fallen into that. Mm. Sorry, taking a drink there. Then we had a couple of Tiki Chats. We talked with the Luau lads, um, with one of them actually, anyway. Um, I never got to make it down. I had full intention of going to the Luau down in, um, or the, uh, the, oh shit, they don't call, uh, what the hell do they call it? Oh, I'm having a brain fart. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. I, ah, crap. The, um, that, the, uh, uh Lao. The Hukilau. Is that what it, yeah. Um, down in Jacksonville, or not Jacksonville, but, uh, Amelia Island, Fernandina Beach. Jacksonville area. I had full intention of going this year, and then we had those medical issues I was talking about, and I was not able to go, but I'm fully, fully planning on going next year, and I cannot wait to meet those guys in person. Uh, it was a really fun interview, and then we talked to Shannon Mustafer, or Mustafer, I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep on saying Mustafer. I, I think I read it, I read it like, um, like a like Spanish style, like or like some kind of ethnicity to it. It's Mustafer, Shannon Mustafer, um, and wow, was she so incredibly knowledgeable and friendly. I can't believe how friendly a lot of people in this business still are. 
uh, this you know this this tiki this uh, uh this world of tiki the business of tiki that we all are in it's uh she was amazing um we've we've conversed a little bit um back and forth on uh on emails since then and uh, she is super nice and super knowledgeable and out there hustling like she is working her ass off so um so check her out and do all that stuff we and of course that that episode we actually covered the Isla de Pina which is one of her original drinks after that we did the jungle bird jungle bird another classic cocktail but like not from tiki dome really out like more from like southeast asia i love how tiki encompasses the caribbean with hawaiian or south seas with south america and another big part of that geographical influence is southeast asia you know we have a lot of stuff coming from like singapore slings and all that which i think we might cover this year but i really enjoyed learning about the jungle bird um and of course it has one of my favorite ingredients campari which, as an Italian guy, I, uh, I'm i always favoring the Campari. We might actually have to do, like, an Aperol spritz this year. I think that might be a fun one to do. And then, leaning into the Italian thing, we interviewed for another Tiki Chat. We interviewed um, Luca Chini, um, Justin Cristaldi, um, a new friend of the show that we just kind of got in contact with this year. Um, new buddy of mine from up, uh, up in New York area. And I definitely plan on taking a trip sometime maybe... Maybe next fall would be a good time. See, my wife and I love going to Manhattan for Christmas, but it's just so damn expensive. So maybe um, pre-Christmas we might take a trip up there, and uh, I can visit with uh, with Justin and Shannon and uh, go see the Tiki Chicks up there on the uh, on the upper uh, Upper West Side and hang out with them again. That was a great place. Uh, unfortunately, in September, the next episode. We got some bad news. Um, Jimmy Buffett passed away. And I did an episode, Rest in Paradise, for Jimmy Buffett. Um, I, To be honest, I'm actually still not 100% uh, uh, happy with that episode. Um, I'm glad I did it. I actually recorded it once and then went back and re-recorded it and uploaded a new version of it. So if you listened to it when it first came out, go back and listen to it again. But... I almost feel like, okay, so I, I, it took me a while to get it out because I wanted to really feel like how I felt, if that makes sense. And I still don't know if I do. There's this weird um, dichotomy, again, not to use that word too many times, but there's this weird dichotomy between like, okay, he's not a family member or a friend. I didn't know him, but... The only celebrity that's actually had an influence so much on my life. Like, I I follow his musical career. He's an incredible songwriter, an incredible musician. I love the fact that he was not the best song, um, you know, singer or guitar player or whatever. And uh, But he did it, you know? And his his poetry and his lyrics were amazing. He embodied this lifestyle of Caribbean, tropical... You know, he even did some time out in Tahiti and all that stuff. Like, and the uh, I think it was Tahiti. I'm, don't quote me on that. But the whole Florida lifestyle that I love so much uh, that I came up in. You know, you know when he talks about sitting under a palm tree and drinking a cold beer or a margarita, a lot of people use that as escapism. For me, it was walking into the backyard and just sitting under the palm tree and having a margarita. So it wasn't like a. It was. 
I lived that life growing up, and I still try to now, which is why I like to incorporate that Floridian lifestyle into the tiki genre that I do now. And I just really was never able to put my finger, still not able to put my finger on how I feel about it. He's a... he was such a big part of my life. His, he, he's an author. I like I aspire to be an author, um, which we'll touch on later, actually. Actually, no, we'll touch on it now. Last year was about making the music. This year is about publishing my book that I wrote a few years ago and starting a new one. So that's why I, I look up to these authors so much. It's just, um, it's just, wow, like what I never got to... I always said I would never want to meet him because I was always afraid of... Like, if you can't hang out with somebody, meeting them for, like, an autograph or a meet-and-greet is never going to be a good experience. Like, I want to hang out with the person. And so I, I always said I never wanted to meet him. But now that he's gone, like, I, I really would have liked to have met him. And, I mean, I just got my granddaughter for Christmas this past year. I got her um, a copy of uh, Jollymon from, uh, you know, his his children's book. And... Just everything, he covered so many aspects of life, you know, from from music to writing, literature, to poetry, to travel, to living a good life with family and friends, and all these things that I really hold dear to my life. And he was just an inspiration, and he will be missed. But then again, the music... And the literature, the poetry, the lifestyle, the things that he preached, they live on. You know, and I don't want to make this comparison because I don't want to make it. I don't want to make I don't want to compare anything to um, to my faith. But in a lot of ways, the way that we look at the teachings of Jesus in the sense that uh, whether or not you believe in miracles, the teachings that the things that he said hold true and will make you a better person and give you a better life. And I believe in Jimmy Buffett, the things that he talked about were not meant to idolize or overlook, but just as a, or, or dive too deep into, but as a guideline, as a baseline for living that tropical paradise life. Um, and for him, it wasn't escapism. For him, it was his life. So um, anyway, you will be missed. and But then again, you won't because we all have you forever in the songs that you left us so rest in peace jimmy buffett um after that we did the missionary's downfall another great drink another classic tiki we had a lot of classic tiki drinks this year i'm gonna try to stick with that um we are in no way jeopardy of running out but i am gonna try to hit some other you know less known drinks this year or maybe some more classic cocktails missionary's downfall is an incredible drink i just wish it wasn't such a pain in the ass to make Like, if there was, between all, like, anytime you got to chop up pineapple and mint, it's just, and then mix everything together, but, and also the Smuggler's Cove version, where they make it more like a cocktail, and they strain everything out, that's an incredible drink, too. But Missionary's Downfall, all in all, a great drink. Um, I will order it out, but I don't know if I'll ever make any more at the house, because it's a pain in the ass, and it's messy. From there, we went to the Corpse Reviver. Again, a drink that sounds like it should be a tiki drink, but it's actually a classic cocktail. And wow, what a great drink that is. In fact, looking at this for the first time in a few months, I 
Really need to go back and make that drink again. Actually, I still have some Lillette Blanc. Um, it's probably not good anymore. Or uh, Actually, it's probably good, just a little bit stale. But I could probably use it in a mixed drink, and it'll be all right. It's not going to be super fresh, but it'll be all right. And I, uh, wow, what a great drink. I do love that drink um, so much. <clears throat> what a, uh, from there, we went to Cesar's Rum Punch in November. We're, cutting, we're getting close here. And Cesar's Rum Punch, we just did a little while ago. That is another great rum punch um, using barbacourt. Uh, wow, what a great, like, rum punch, hot buttered rum, all this stuff. Like, sometimes it's, I, w- I want to cover drinks that I don't have a backstory to so much, but, because all these different variants of rum punches, like, I, 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 there's a million of them, but they don't all have cool backstories. So, but Cesar's rum punch actually had a, did have a cool backstory to it. It overlapped a little bit with the, um, uh, the, the Port-au-Prince cocktail, but it was different enough that I felt it worthy of its own episode. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I love the history. I love the biggest thing, and I, if, you're, if you're a long-time listener, you've heard me say this before, but I'll reiterate, the biggest lesson that I've learned from doing this podcast is also the thing I love most about it, which is the way that these stories all um, uh, intertwine. A lot of this era... The the OG era of tiki, from from before to during to after, like a lot of the people, a lot of the places, a lot of the through lines and the storylines, the narratives, they all kind of come together to make this really cool narrative, this really cool historical um, uh, picture of a uh, portrait rather of. Like all what it took to make it tiki come to life, and what it um, how it interacts with the tropical places that it actually came from, and where it went forward after it, you know the life that it had during it and where it went after it, and it's just I just find it so amazing. Um, sometimes I'm a little discouraged when I get into something, whether that's tiki or cigars or religion or. Uh, literature or whatever. So I, I get really into something and I love the the purest of it. Like I'm actually a fan of it. And I get bummed out when people use it as an excuse to throw a party or sell something. And sometimes in the tiki genre, I feel like it becomes an avenue for commerce more than the love of the craft. I understand that Art without commerce is simply a hobby. So you have to, if you want to make a living, you have to make some money. But there has to be a balance of loving what you do. And if you don't love it, then it comes across. And it's really easy for me to see the people that don't love it. So I am uh, really hoping that even though I would like to make some more money from this, I hope that I always keep um, grounded in the sense that I love what I do with the tiki genre. Um, and then we ended up the year with Jerry Thomas's eggnog by the glass that, um, we did a really good episode on George Washington's eggnog, which I make every year, but this eggnog, not that bad. This is a prohibition style, um, eggnog by the glass drink. It's really good actually. And, uh, Jerry Thomas, of course, the, so I, I focused a little bit on, Jerry Thomas and classic cocktails this year because I just read Imbibe from David Wondrick and that was a really influential book for me. I love it. He's a great writer too. Um, <clears throat> so that was something that I 
was focused on a lot this year was more of that prohibition style classic cocktail and how it led up to tiki really i mean don beach opened the first on the beachcombers the day after po- or the day after prohibition was repealed like literally so um it, it all ties together so well and this is a really good eggnog recipe i i really do enjoy it it's a very 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 boozy I, I thought George Washington's eggnog was boozy, but this one's super boozy. So, um, yeah, it almost could stand to, like, cut the booze down by an ounce or so and kind of let them let more of the uh, the flavor of the other ingredients come to the top. But this was more like a cocktail. Um, it was a little bit more liquidy, a little bit less viscous. Um, it was, you know, less thick, as you think of, like, a, a, an eggnog being. But it was really good, and I will probably make it again next year. So, that was our year in review from Pod Tiki. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff uh, on the horizon. Um, this was the first year we did Patreon, which was really amazing. And I'm going to take everything we made this year and put it into some merch. And uh, maybe give back next year a little bit to the Patreons. Please, 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 if you find it in your heart to sign up for Patreon, um, it's only going to go to making the show better. Um, I used a little bit of the Summer Sessions EP music to make a little intro for the podcast, which I'm using now, so that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that everything gets better this year, really focusing on um, the production and the the some merch and some building the PodTiki universe. I, I think we're in that stage now. Um, so, And all I really need from you guys, most of all, is to spread the word. Um just really um, spread the word. Keep interacting. I love all like the the social media interactions and the and the threads and the talking on Facebook and the Instagram, and I just I love it. I love um, really what what we do here. What I do here. I love the fact that I get to write, which is my passion, but then also do tiki, which is my other passion, and uh, it, it's it's just amazing what this has turned into. And I can't thank you guys enough for being a part of it. Uh, as I sit here looking around my apartment, all the detritus of Christmas is still out. The stockings and the the knickknacks and the snowmen and the and the uh, you know the tree is still up, although it's coming down tomorrow I think. And, but all of the decorations, um, the little Santa Clauses and everything, everything's still up, and um, it just reminds me that this is the time of year to really uh, focus on family and friends and what we're thankful for and go into the new year with a fresh start and a, a good foot forward. And I feel like we're doing that. I'm doing that. And uh, as a whole, um, you know, our country, our culture, our planet, I feel like we are coming out of a really hard time and we're going into something new and fresh and exciting. And I can't wait to see where this year takes us. Ooh. <clears throat> getting dry. I need one more sip. Choking up from all the love. Um, yeah. So all, all I can say is thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. And let's do 2024 with a blast. Uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, let me know what you want to hear this year. Any ideas for drinks? So, um. Yeah, any sponsorship opportunities, Anything? anybody that you think might work well with the podcast, any interviews that you might want to hear me do, send them my way, um, and I will, I will make it happen. So 
with all my love and all my heart and all my good tidings, I say uh, keepy tiki out there. And I will talk to you guys in a few weeks with a new drink and a new episode of Pod Tiki.